BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. And will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. You. you are looking at the 46th President of the United States, President Joe Biden. It is now official. Welcome to the water cooler, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, Inauguration Day. President Biden is in. President Trump is gone. He's in West Palm Beach now, but not before a big YMCA send-off at Joint Base Andrews in D.C. More on President Trump and his legacy later in the show. But first to President Joe Biden. Let me just say this off the top of the show. It was a great speech. It really was. Of course, words are one thing, action quite another. But those words by President Biden were indeed powerful. The main theme, unity, 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 unity. Unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, it'll be for this act, and my whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. We can see each other, not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting and lower the temperature. We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus Ireland. Or rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts, if we show a little tolerance and humility, and if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes, as my mom would say, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. 
we must end this uncivil war. I think it's the line of the speech. So now the hard work begins, and boy, is there a lot of work to be done already. The president signing a bunch of executive orders today. We're going to break those down here. Uh, it reverses quite a bit of what the Trump administration did in the last term. I want to get some reaction to today's historic events with the former mayor of Baltimore and a Biden supporter, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, who's back with us on the program. Stephanie, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. It is certainly my pleasure on this historic day. I knew you were going to say certainly, Stephanie. I, I want you to take me through your emotions today. I mean, Donald Trump is gone. You were hoping this day would come. It indeed came today. I pretend I'm Dr. Phil, Stephanie. Take me through <laughs> your journey on this. It is a very emotional day. I mean, uh, for so many reasons. Uh, the uh, Trump presidency has been quite troubling. Uh, for so many, uh, and not just Democrats, uh, so many that, that value the Constitution, that put country before everything else. Uh, it has been troubling. So to transition into a new presidency, it, it definitely made me emotional. And then to be able to be there with my daughter to watch uh, Kamala Harris uh, become our country's uh, vice president, it was great. We we're both uh, members of the same sorority. Uh, and uh, to see all of our sorors around the globe uh, really celebrate today, it's been wonderful. Yeah, Stephanie, I want to play. You mentioned Kamala Harris, uh, the, uh, the vice president of the United States, uh, States right now. I want to play her swearing in and get a little bit more reaction on the other side. Here it is. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I... Kamala Davy Harris do solemnly swear. I Kamala Davy Harris do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic. Against all enemies foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. That I will well and faithfully discharge. That I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. The duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. All right. Look, I don't care, Stephanie, if you're a liberal, conservative, uh, a, a vegetable, potato, animal, vegetable, mineral, whatever it is, uh, what, what we saw today was historic. And, and I'm wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about the impact you believe Kamala Harris will have uh, in this Biden presidency. So I think what we saw today will re reverberate um, into the future for generations. I remember growing up. Uh, my father was an elected official, and one thing he made sure when I was very young is that he introduced me to women who were elected officials, the powerful women of influence, smart women, and in meeting them, in touching their hands, in seeing what they were doing, I saw the possibilities for my future. So I know, um, and again, not just in this country, but around the globe, uh, young, uh, you know, brown and black children are looking at uh, what happened today with the with our new vice president and seeing new possibilities for their future and that it's going to change the world. 
Stephanie, what do you want to see from this administration? What, I'm not going to get into the Stephanie Rawlings-Blake priority list, but uh, the truth of the matter is there are progressives in the party that want uh, this, this Biden presidency to go a certain way, and there are others specifically that might not. So, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what you want to see in this presidency. I think it's important for uh, President Biden to move very responsibly and quickly uh, to engage with the states to do better uh, when it comes to our COVID response. Uh, the previous administration really left the uh, states, really hung them out to dry and did not give them uh, the support that they needed to make sure that there was an efficient way to uh, get the vaccination out. And we have to do better, and that's the first priority. Um, the the this, this, the sad fact is today, uh, as we transition uh, power, uh, we've also hit that milestone of over 400,000 people have died in this country yeah. to uh, COVID-19. So that, I think, is the, the priority. That um, getting our country back to work is a priority, as well as um, doing the critical work that we need to do to address uh, the uh, racial disparities, criminal justice uh, reform that I think will help in the long term to bring the temperature back down in our country and to uh, build uh, unity. Stephanie, I want to play some of that video we have there. Let's uh, take it full. This is Kamala Harris uh, walking uh, towards the White House. Joe Biden uh, is inside the White House now already. Uh, and, and you mentioned COVID-19. I want to put up uh, a graphic here. This is uh, some of what the president, President Biden, is going to do on COVID uh, coming up. These are his executive orders and memorandums coming up either today or in the next couple days. He's going to require masks, physical distancing in all federal buildings, on all federal lands, and by federal employees and contractors, and he's going to re-engage with the World Health Organization. Uh, obviously, this is like a, a full reversal of what Donald Trump and his administration uh, has been doing. Uh, how do you think this is going to play out? You know, I, I'm not one of those people who, you know, won't acknowledge any positive thing that has come out of the, the Trump administration. You know, I think their uh, Operation Warp Speed, the 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 quest, the goal, the the initiative to bring uh, vaccinations uh, to the globe in record speed, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, but there was so much that was done wrong. Um, we heard from his own mouth on those taped conversations that he knew how contagious this disease was, and he also knew how it was transmitted. And refused to give masks and to provide that information and the truth uh, to the American public. So we find ourselves in the, in the place where President Biden has to bring science to this uh, pandemic. And I think what he's doing is smart, it's necessary, and it will help bring the numbers down and hopefully save lives. Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, uh, great to see you. Uh, I'll offer congratulations, of course, on this day. I know this is a very important day for you, and, and as you said at the top of the broadcast, emotional for you. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a beautiful day, and I'm glad I got to spend some of it with you. All right. Well, fair enough. And that's on the record. Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Uh, and, you know, look, let me explain something here on the program. Uh, we'll have Republicans. We will have Democrats. We will have liberals. We will have conservatives. You know why? Because we ain't big tech. You know, we're not censoring folks left and right. That's not what we do here. We have a conversation. Why? Because you know what the name of the show is called? Let me think. Hold on. Oh, that's right. It's right there on the bottom of the screen. Oh, there. Look, it says the water cooler. And at the water cooler, 
all opinion, all analysis, all sets of facts, because people have different facts on both sides, it's all welcome at the water cooler. John Solomon, here next, the editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com to talk about interesting stuff. Back in Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you're looking at uh, President Joe Biden. Oh, look at that. Oh, such a tender moment. A hug with Jill Biden. Dr. Jill Biden, don't get me started. That's a whole separate story. But the president of the United States, not Donald Trump today, and for the next four years, it is President Joe Biden. All right, uh, they're at the White House, and uh, good for them. I hear the dining is fabulous. Uh, all right, uh, let's bring in John Solomon, if we could, uh, the editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. Good to see you. Good to be with you, David. Sir, a historic day. It was. What did you... Uh, what did you make of some of the festivities? You know, well, first off, it was less festive than any inauguration <laughs> I've seen Point. because it couldn't be, right? Uh, we've got COVID. We've got the right. security threat. Uh, there were more troops in the, uh, there were 10 times more troops in the streets than there were uh, visitors attending the actual swearing in. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the opposite of what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the president's message was very clear. He said, I want unity. But then throughout his speech, he was repudiating the Trump agenda mm-hmm. and therefore those who uh, adhere to it. And uh, almost as soon as he got done and they, uh, Washington started to crawl back to its normal thing, Bernie Sanders, the new Senate budget chairman, said, hey, if Republicans aren't bored with what I do, I'll just steamroll them. So this idea of unity sounds great when you hear it. The question mm-hmm. is, will it really be practiced? Yeah. And we're going to have to wait and see what that, what that looks like. Well, not to geek out, but I mean, when Bernie Sanders, the, set, the chairman of the budget committee, <laughs> is talking about steamrolling, here are two words I'm thinking, budget reconciliation, as in they can steamroll on 50 votes some of these uh, budget-related bills. Absolutely. No, listen, so. it's, not, it's not hard to do. And, uh, you know, one-party rule in this town is going to be evident, and the consequences are going to be evident. And then the Republicans yeah. got to figure out what their strategy is. Yeah. And right now it's not clear what their strategy is because they're still fighting about Mitch McConnell and other things. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. So take us through the next the last 24 hours here with yeah. uh, President Trump or, well, he's pre- President Trump, former President former Trump. President Trump yeah. Former President Trump. Former President Trump. Because of the declassifying of documents and, and just the news ha- has a big, uh, I say, role in this and because you, you've really broken a lot of news on this. Yeah. Listen, we were the advocates for getting the rest of this information right. out. We've, we've made multiple requests. I talked to the president and other people. And our goal was not to help the president or hurt Joe Biden or vice versa. It was to help the American people get a complete understanding of what went on in the Russia collusion Mm -hmm. case. Because so much misinformation still exists out there. And so many questions remain unanswered. And so yesterday, late in the afternoon, around 6, 7 o'clock, the president formally signed the declassification order. And we at Just the News got some of those documents. I don't believe any other news organization has them yet. Mm. Not clear that they will get them. But uh, there are hundreds of documents, thousands of pages of documents. The stack is about 14, 15 inches high. Wow. And they really lay out some of the things that the FBI, the Justice Department, the CAI didn't really want to admit to in public. And mm-hmm. so everything about from Steele's motivations, why did he leak? Mm-hmm. Well, he says he did it to help Hillary Clinton and to help Great Britain. Foreigner trying to help Great Britain intervening in our election. Interesting admission. Absolutely. Too bad it was kept from us to something a little bit more dramatic that we're going to break tonight. Actually, this is going to come out tonight. You're going to get it first here. We're going to get it first? You're getting the scoop. Are we rolling on this? It's not ice cream, but it is news. We're still rolling. So how about that? Um, 
2014, late 2014, the FBI developed evidence that a foreign power was trying to influence Hillary Clinton's campaign by uh, giving him big donations. She was just starting to gear up. She was about to announce as a candidate. Right. And uh, they had a foreign power. It's not identified what country. And the, the evidence developed very strongly, and they felt they needed a FISA. We know what a FISA is because we heard about Carter Page and uh, Trump. And for months, they got no uh, cooperation from FBI headquarters. They were getting a slow walk. Eventually, agents wrote James Comey directly saying, hey, what's up here? We got great evidence. It gets stronger, and we can't get this important tool that we need. And James Comey says, I don't know anything about it. I'll try to get smart about it. Don't know what that means. Mm. They never got their FISA. Here's what they did for Hillary Clinton. They gave her a defensive briefing warning her what happened. The action that the FBI took in similar circumstances with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are polar opposites. Donald Trump gets a FISA, no defensive warning on stuff that turned out to be very bogus information from Christopher Steele. Oh, by the way, paid by Hillary Clinton right. and by his own admission, helping Hillary Clinton. That's why he was doing it. And Hillary Clinton doesn't get a FISA. She gets a defensive briefing and no further investigation. When Americans look at these documents tonight, they're going to see a tale of two candidates. And they're going to, I think it's going to harken back to that fear that a lot of Americans have. There are two systems of justice in America right now. Absolutely. Uh, so, so who's, how do I say this, whose fingerprints are on this? I mean, Comey and the FBI at that point? Well, I'm trying to th think of the timeline there back in 14. Uh, James Comey is the director. He's right. read in. He gets the complaint from the lead agent in the case who actually said, I hope I'm not overstepping my authority, but I hear you guys on the seventh floor. The seventh floor is the term for the leadership of the FBI mm -hmm. are holding this up. And Comey claims ignorance and, and says, I don't know anything about it. I'll try to get smart. But they never get their FISA according to the documents. And instead, the decision is made to go and give a defensive briefing. In October 2015, David Kendall, well-known lawyer for yeah, the Clintons, sure. he gets the briefing. They tell him what to watch out for, tell Mrs. Clinton to be careful about these things. And that brings an end to it. Very different from the way the Russia collusion uh, allegations, which are by, by the way, another example of Russian or, you know, uh, foreign interference, foreign influence. Mm -hmm. They got treated entirely different by the same crowd. This is a huge part of Donald Trump's legacy. This this exposing of everything from big tech to the media to bureaucracy to I put it in air quotes, deep state, which is really entrenched bureaucracy. Yeah. bureaucracy. It's all of this. It seems like it's all coming out. It is. It's taken four years to get it out. But over yeah. the next two, three, four weeks, we'll have probably daily nuggets of documents we're going to put out one by one. We're going to do the reporting, make sure it's accurate, right. try to give people a complete picture of what happened, and then we'll put it out to the public. They can read the raw documents themselves because mm -hmm. they're mostly unredacted. Right. So just so I understand, uh, you mentioned 13, 14 inches uh, thick. I mean, how many do documents are we talking about here? Roger? Hundreds for sure. I haven't counted them by document. Definitely thousands of pages. Um, you know, I don't know what a 14-inch stack of document amounts to in pages, but it's a lot of reading. Uh, yeah. I stayed up to about 4 o'clock in the morning going through it, and I didn't get through even a third of the pile. So that tells you something. There's a lot there. And just so I understand, are you, are you saying that uh, justthenews.com has these documents? At this point, I'm unaware of any other. In fact, other news organizations are calling us saying, how do we get the documents? And, hey, well, they're up on the site. You can read them. Go look at them as we put them up. Yeah. Uh, but there's been uh, uh, no other news organizations that we've been able to identify that got them. It could be that we have one, one of the only sets. And we're going to make them public. We're not going to hide them. We're not going to play games. Mm -hmm. The public's going to get all of it piece by piece. What can you reveal regarding any conversations you had with the president in terms of the, the mentality behind why he wanted to get this out? In talking to the staff around him, okay. himself and others, uh, listen, he felt transparency is the best thing. He, he said in his order, uh, these are things that Congress and the American public did not get to see during the whole scandal. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for history's sake, posterity's sake, that these get out there. And he said this many times. He said it on television. Many, mm -hmm. I don't want this to happen to any other president, what I went through with Russia. Uh, three years of an investigation that turned out to be a big nothing burger. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what really motivated him, the idea that history will look back at these things and say, he got a raw deal. That's one part, legacy. 
Second part is, let's not have anyone else go through this. Let's hold accountable the people that put on this charade. Right. John Solomon. I mean, great reporting. What I mean. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to spend their night reading documents? No, exactly. Up to 4 a.m. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm sure it is. All right, John. Thanks, Thank David. you so much. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. That's the quote of the show, by the way. All right. Uh, when we come back, Cal Thomas, syndicated columnist, uh, conservative. Uh, he, he won't take this the wrong way, but he's been around forever. I say that in a positive way because he has a lot to say about the future of the Republican Party. He has seen movements before. Where does Donald Trump rank in terms of the movement that he created and the legacy he leaves behind? We're back in a moment with more water flow. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, inauguration day, Joe Biden, the 46th president of the United States, sworn in today. I'd say at high noon, it was actually before that. They probably were like, quick, quick, before noon, uh, in case Trump does anything uh, at the last moment. Nah, he didn't. He's in West Palm Beach, by the way. And, and here's my visual. Okay, so here's Joe Biden, and here's Donald Trump. The, the rest of, literally the, the next four years, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. And that is the way uh, I expect it to go. He will be hovering over this president and, honestly, the whole conversation for the next four years. And we wait to see what he does. Let's bring in Cal Thomas, a syndicated columnist. Uh, Cal, great to see you, sir. Thank you, David. Well, Cal, what do you make of uh, Biden's speech today? And let's start there, and then we'll get into the Republican Party. Well, it was full of bromides, uh, not unexpected. You know, unity, healing, bring us together, all this business. Uh, I remember in 1968, uh, Nixon used in one of his political ads a sign from a little girl along the highway where he was driving along, said, bring us together. Uh, this is always a theme of most presidents. But the fact is that we are divided. Uh, the Democrats and Republicans have different policies, different worldviews and different agendas. And all this sounds good. Uh, but Biden has not said what he would be willing to compromise on with conservatives, with evangelicals, with with Republicans. And so if he doesn't uh, say those things, then it's nothing more than feel good and be happy rhetoric. A hundred percent agreement on that, Cal. You know, one thing is words. Actions are a whole different matter. And where are his actions going to be? I want to play you a little bit of what Joe Biden said today along those lines about trying to bring both sides together. Here it is. To all those who did not support us, let me say this. Hear me out as we move forward. Take a measure of me and my heart. If you still disagree, so be it. That's democracy. That's America. The right to dissent peaceably within the guardrails of our republic is perhaps this nation's greatest strength. Yet hear me clearly. Disagreement must not lead to disunion. And I pledge this to you. I will be a president for all Americans, all Americans. And I promise you, I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. But, Cal, if he starts packing the court or if, you know, if, he, if he approves of that and now uh, Bernie Sanders, the, the new Senate budget chairman, is talking about r going steamrolling right through. I mean, if, if Biden's on that side, that's not unity at all. 
Well, he's going to fight as hard for me as he fights for those who uh, voted for him. What does that mean? Is he going to uh, reverse his position on federal funding of abortions, uh, something he has opposed for 40 years until he ran for president for the third time this time? Uh, what is he going to do about immigration? Is he going to finish the wall? He said no. Uh, he's going to uh, legitimize 11 million people who are already here and got here illegally. And uh, he is basically going to invite more to come, hoping they'll all become Democrats and get on welfare programs. This is just meaningful rhetoric. I noticed Nancy Pelosi sitting there in the crowd applauding him when he's going to be president of all the people. Was she speaker for all the people when she mm -hmm. tore up Trump's State of the Union address and led in another impeachment uh, uh, drive against him? This is all baloney. And, you know, Donald Trump, whatever you think of his personality, and I didn't like it, but I sure loved his policies. There's just no way that Joe Biden, with his worldview and agenda, is going to uh, yeah. eclipse Donald Trump and his successes. Cal, I want to put up something we just had on the screen so I can take you through it in case our viewers couldn't quite catch all of that uh, regarding immigration, border security, and some of what the president, President Biden, is going to do uh, when it comes to those issues. For example, he's going to stop border wall construction. He says he's going to preserve and fortify DACA. Uh, he says he's going to reserve uh, the ban, or I'm sorry, reverse the ban, not reserve the ban, excuse me, reverse the ban that restricted entry into the United States from primarily Muslim countries that have major connections to terrorism. So, uh, you know, what do you, what do you make of, of, of any of that? Well, this is just a crass appeal to uh, more Democrat uh, interest groups. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, President Trump did the right thing in banning immigrants from countries that foment and encourage and practice terrorism. Right. Uh, Biden, Biden says he's going to uh, renew negotiations or relationships with Iran, the number one sponsor of terrorism in the world. Uh, who's going to get blamed when uh, somebody comes to America from one of these terrorist countries and blows something up and killing people? Will the media strike back on that? I think you've got a, an indication of what the media is going to do by a question yelled at him as he walked down a portion of Pennsylvania Avenue today. One of our great reporters for a, a, a broadcast network yelled, said, said uh, Mr. President, how does it feel to be president? See, this is why we have journalism schools <laughs> for probing questions like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the hard-hitting questions. Hey, Cal, yeah. let me ask you about the Republican uh, future, the future of the Republican Party, uh, Donald Trump's legacy, his future. Uh, mm -hmm. Give me your thoughts about where the party goes from here. You know, in his farewell address, David, uh, he said, uh, basically, pulled a uh, General MacArthur, uh, uh, I, I shall return. He said, I'm not going away. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was saying today on his uh, show that he doesn't really support and doesn't think uh, third parties will ever work. But he said if anybody could start a third party and make it work, it's Donald Trump. Uh, it's rumored that he's going to start a party called the Patriot Party. I think this would further divide Republicans. But, you know, Republicans have really not done a, a lot as a party uh, to score the kind of victories that uh, Donald Trump did. If you look at the uh, the luncheon that was held after, I think it was the luncheon after the inauguration, uh, which is uh, traditional, here's uh, Mitch McConnell, the soon-to-be Senate minority leader, just yucking it up with all of those people in Congress who were behind President Trump's impeachment. So this is the establishment on display again. They feel they're back in control, and Donald Trump remains a threat to them 
because he is the first Republican president, including Reagan, to actually and successfully challenge the Washington establishment, which most yeah. people hate. I got 30 seconds left. You think Trump's going to uh, run again in 2024? What's your sense? Too early well, to tell? Well, I'm, I'm not a prophet or the son of one, David, but uh, I think if he wants the nomination and if he uh, styles himself in a way, you know, Nixon came back as the new Nixon and won in 68 and a landslide in 72. The problem with Nixon is that the old Nixon came back to haunt him <laughs> and the rest of the country. So we'll see. Anything can happen, and it usually does. <laughs> That's right. That's what we've learned. All right, Cal Thomas, uh, really appreciate your insight. Love to get you Thank back you, on the show. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, Cal Thomas, uh, I tell you what, he's right. He's right. And by the way, uh, I've been on a four-year Excedrin drip, like literally an IV drip. We've talked about it uh, because covering this Trump administration has been <laughs> uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, and so now I just need a few, like, chamomile teas. I'm just going to kind of chill out during the Biden administration. Back in a moment. Why am I... Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And you're looking live at the White House at this hour. President Joe Biden is inside uh, with a nice little scribbly pad going, executive order, executive order, executive order. He's signing lots of stuff inside. And Joe Biden's in there as well. And uh, my, understand is, my understanding is Jen Psaki, the new White House press secretary, should be having a briefing either later today or first thing tomorrow. So uh, the press corps will be nice and cozy, I'm sure. That'll be a fun situation. All right, let's bring in Rick Green, uh, America's Constitution coach. Back with us, Rick. Uh, thank you for being on, and thank you for having the best Skype shot in America. <laughs> Hey, David, good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, let's talk about Joe Biden and uh, unity. Boy, I mean, it was like uh, rose petals and, and flowery stuff. Uh, you know, great words, but uh, what's your take? Hey, I was uh, I was holding hands with everybody here singing Kumbaya, you know, uh, holding hands with the deer on my wall. That was that's what I was doing. <laughs> and uh no, man. You know, look, I mean, we all want we all want the nation to be unified. I mean, th there's no doubt about that. I think he missed a real opportunity to, to truly unify us. Uh, he just took the shots at one side, didn't admit that both sides have uh, been involved in a lot of the language that he was talking about, certainly ignored the violence that that his side is engaged in for eight months. Uh, you know, and to really unify folks, you got to say, hey, here we are. This is the, the truth about what's happened. I did like the fact he used the, the word truth in his speech and and uh, it, it was good soaring rhetoric, uh, which is, is typical of, of a presidential speech. The question is, what are his actions going to now be? Um, I, you know, I, I think what we would all like to see, if we want unity, we have to have equal protection under the law, and everybody's got to be treated the same. That's how a constitutional republic is supposed to work. And so we'll see if that happens. We haven't, uh, haven't seen much of that the last few weeks, even in the way people are treated just for speaking up and wanting to have freedom of speech. But, uh, you know, hey, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm holding out hope 
that uh, that maybe he'll govern different than than what the rhetoric has been. You know, Rick, I got to tell you, I think he needs to think outside the box. I mean, if you really want unity rather than all of the words, I mean, for example, could you imagine him sitting down with a conservative media outlet for his first interview or going to a Trump district, you know, somewhere in wherever uh, in Iowa, wherever it is? I mean, that that to me would send a big signal. He's not going to do it. We know he's not going to do it. But but th- th- we need new thinking in Washington, D.C., for sure. And, and, and by or, the way, or even go ahead, go ahead. Or even old thinking, even old thinking. I was thinking as I was watching the speech they panned over to Bill Clinton for a minute, and I thought, you know, Bill Clinton, a master politician, I don't think I've agreed with him on any policy ever, but a master politician, and he would have seized this moment. He would have he would have taken advantage of the table as it is laid right now, and he would have used the right language and the right actions, frankly, mm-hmm. to actually bring the country together because he knew it would have benefited him politically, where Biden has just kept the line in the sand based on the language that he used in the, in the speech, and if they move forward with the impeachment... Uh, the, the the reversing of executive orders and all, all of those things, which, by the way, is constitutional. I have no problem with him rescinding executive orders that Donald Trump uh, yeah. a, a did while he was president. Only problem I have with that is, once again, it's not equal protection. The rules don't apply the same to everybody because the Supreme Court did not allow Donald Trump to rever- reverse the Obama executive orders. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely a double standard. That's got to change if we want to be a unified country. So, so Rick, let's talk about, and we're trying to channel the tens of millions of Trump supporters that are very frustrated right now, forget frustrated, saddened, uh, really melancholy today. Um, what, what's, the, what's the charge to them as they move forward as it relates to kind of figuring out what they do, whether it be from a local standpoint or what, they need, what needs to happen uh, for them to kind of make a change and not get so downcast here? Well, here's the hard part for me anyway. Uh, there's a there's a verse in the good book that says, count it all joy when you experience various trials. Wait a minute. I've got to be joyful while I'm going through time. I have to be joyful watching this man be sworn in that did not even win the presidency. Yes, I have to be joyful. And there's a reason for that. It makes us more effective in continuing to fight for freedom. And I would just ask everybody not to be so focused on the president and the federal government. We're, we see that right now. Today's that very important day. The peaceful transfer of power has happened. That's something we should celebrate, that that still happens in our nation. But then let's shift our focus back to our communities, to our neighborhoods, to our own states, and say that's where we can really make a difference. You can have so much more impact on a school board election, a city council election, even a state legislative election, than you can on president or even even some of those congressional races. So let's remember that the real power under our constitutional system relies in the communities and it lies in the in the uh, in the state legislatures if we use it there and if we actually follow the constitutional way of doing our form of government um, then it will still be in our communities but that's going to depend on us man we we have to do our part this is no time to sh- shrink away and say oh I don't like what happened this year in the election I don't like this president or what this is no time to shy away this is the time to lean in and say what can I do to be a positive a game changer in my community, a catalyst for restoring the constitutional principles that made our nation great. Right, and that gets right into what you're doing every single day, Rick. America's Constitution coach, you're educating people, and it seems to me if you're going to run, not forget run for office, I mean, if you're just going to get involved somehow, some way, whether it be in a volunteer effort or whatever it is, you need to have information, you need to have knowledge, you need to know the Constitution, you need to know your rights. And so talk to me a little bit about uh, the task at hand in that area, and specifically what you guys are doing at Patriot Academy, because uh, you're, you're going back to basics there. 
Well, and it's one of the best things people can do right now because it gets them in a room with other people that they can actually look across the room at, have some fellowship, talk about the things that are going on in the country. If you don't do that kind of thing, you will easily get depressed about the things that you see. Because, David, let's not perfume it up. I mean, there's some tough times coming ahead. This, this is an administration that is going to move very far left um, and take our, and try to take our nation down that road. And so the best thing you can do is gather together with your friends and family, whether that's in your living room or on Zoom or at your church or wherever, and go through our Constitution class. It's a great way to be reminded that America has been the greatest national force for good that the world has ever known. It's a great way to counter this negative narrative of the last year that somehow America is evil. When you really look at our history, America has an incredible, incredible story. Yes, filled with faults and 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 doing things that are wrong, because guess what? Humans have been in charge right. of America, but also on par, in context, the greatest national force for good the world has ever known. So studying the document that allowed us to do that allows us to bring those principles back that make our nation great. And that begins with ourselves. We have to have the knowledge, but then we get to be force multipliers and teach other people. What we do at constitutioncoach.com is we give all of that to you for free. We're just kind of equipping citizens, yeah. if you will, to preserve liberty. We'll give you the tools, but then you got to go do the work. PatriotAcademyWhat.com is it? Am I right? PatriotAcademy.com, or it's easier to remember just constitutioncoach.com. Everything's available there. All right. Rick Green, great to see you uh, on this inauguration day, and uh, we'll, have you, we'll have you back. You know we have you back all the time. You got it, man. Our work is right. not yet done. Thanks, Rick. All right. Uh, we're coming back in a moment as we look at the U.S. Capitol uh, heading uh, into Washington tonight. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. It's time for, well, I don't have a cup, the last sip. Anyhow, today's last sip is not going to be about Joe Biden. There will be plenty of talk and discussion about him in the future. No, today is a perfect day to talk about the legacy of President Trump. He's going to go down as one of the most consequential presidents in United States history. As Miley Cyrus once sang, he came in like a wrecking ball. And boy, oh boy, did he sure do that. But it wasn't just chaos for chaos sakes. No, Donald Trump exposed the dirty side of Washington for all the world to see. Comey, the FBI, deep state, the media, the bureaucracy, big tech. He opened up meetings with Schumer and Pelosi with the cameras rolling. He let it all rip. And let's be honest, it was refreshing to see. Leave it to a non-politician to expose the politicians. But it was more than that. President Trump created a grassroots movement for the ages, one that America just simply has never, ever before seen. Boat parades, truck parades, MAGA rallies with tens of thousands in attendance. I can go on and on. He tapped into something that Americans are yearning for, a straight-up leader who is going to tell you the truth, at least from his perspective. No matter what, he was the president that cut straight to the chase. He didn't have time for flowery speeches and all that Washington speak. Not at all. That resonated with tens of millions of Americans. Now, as for policy achievements, look, there were too many uh, to name right here in this space, right? He's got lower tax cuts, a more peaceful Middle East, uh, not entering any wars, defending Judeo-Christian principles and policies. He did all of that and a gazillion more things as well. But besides starting the biggest grassroots movement in history, besides exposing the deep state like none other, one of the main reasons he is one of the most consequential presidents ever is the judicial legacy he leaves behind. Three, three Supreme Court judges confirmed 
a record-setting number of lower federal court judges as well. That is called generational change. Nothing Democrats at all can do about it. And finally, let me just say this about President Trump. He will be back. Count on it. I don't know what form or fashion, but trust me, we haven't heard the last of President Trump. For Democrats, he's kind of like Freddy Krueger in those Halloween movies. You know, you just can't. You, he's like whack-a-mole. You can't get rid of him. He keeps coming back. And for certain Republicans, he's also going to be their worst enemy as well. So this day ends with Joe Biden as president and Donald Trump in the to-be-continued category. He'll heal his wounds in Florida, but Donald Trump isn't going away. You can be sure of that. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Let's head out to Capitol Hill. Amanda Head with Real America's Voice is there. She's been monitoring events all day. Amanda, what do you got for us out there? Hello, Mr. Brody. So, yeah, I know that you mentioned you kind of ran down a list of President Trump's accomplishments, a few of them. I just wanted to highlight some of them. I've got about 10 or 12 of them because I think it's important to talk about those things. Seven million new jobs, middle class income rose $7,000 on average, record low unemployment, massive deregulation, energy independence, prison reform, historic tax cuts and reform, rebuilt and fortified military, historical peace deals, no new wars, ISIS decimated, and those Supreme Court, Supreme Court justices and federal court appointments that you talked about, that generational change. And just to touch on something that your last guest talked about, this is something that I have been harping on my generation about, is running for those local seats. I know they're not the sexy jobs. I know it's not super flashy and fun to run for, you know, your local school board or your state house or state senate. But those are the jobs where you actually create change from the ground up. And look, you and I on the conservative side of the aisle, We've seen multiple grassroots movements take hold on the right. Some of them kind of petered out. But this is, you know, I think that the MAGA movement is is Tea Party on steroids. I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I don't have uh, any insider knowledge, so I don't know if President Trump plans to run in four years. But I do know that that sentiment, that America first, um, you know, putting our country first, keeping us safe, uh, you know, first and foremost, is something that Americans have really um, you know, it's something that we haven't really been used to. What you were just talking about with establishment uh, Republicans, we finally woke up and we're like, oh, yeah, this is what our party is supposed to stand for. Right. So with that renewed zest in our party and our philosophy, I think that that's something that you're going to see for a long time to come. Amanda Head dropping the mic now as we speak. Boom. She's out. Capitol Hill, Amanda <laughs> Head. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you, Amanda. Great work out there today. Uh, Thank you, David. All right. Uh, look, she's right. And by the way, let me just say, Pastor Rob McCoy, who we've had on the show before, here's what he said. This is the way he put it, kind of what Amanda was saying. Take care of your own bean patch. In other words, take care about what's right in front of you, PTA, school board, whatever it is. Don't get consumed by Washington too much. Start at the local level. That'll make you less depressed for sure and also give you a sense of responsibility, your civic responsibility in this country. Doug Weed on the show tomorrow, the presidential historian. Until then, have a great night.